Welcome to Millennial 644. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. It's Thanksgiving week. We're taking next week off. We will miss you, but we're taking a week off. We haven't taken many weeks off this year, I think. So I wonder why. It's well earned. Yeah, we've had not much else to do, but now we're just, and we still don't really have much to do over Thanksgiving, but we're still being like, you know what? It's break time anyway. <laughs> um, we will talk about Thanksgiving a little more in a moment. And there's some exciting news that broke just in the past hour or so. So we'll discuss that as well. But we are going to play a game this week since it is a holiday week. What do we call this game? We've done it before. The taboo word of the week. Yeah, I think that's what we call it. Sure. So this week's word is what, Laura? Okay, so with the exception of me about to utter this word, this word should not be uttered for the rest of the episode. Any uh, any flouting of this rule will result in you having to take a sip of your drink, and the word is Biden. Biden. Now, just Biden? Yes. Okay, we can say but his like, first name. His first name, yes. Okay. But if you, like, there's no, like, using his last name as part of a larger word. Okay. Like, like you know. would Trumpster fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's a Take that's a great it. example. Um, I will say after the last time we played this game, I think I proved that I'm either the worst at this game or the best at this game. I don't know. Um, but when we played it last time, the penalty was anytime you said the taboo word, you had to take a shot. And let's just say I said Trump like eight times <laughs> over the course of the episode. So it was an editing nightmare for Andrew. It wasn't so, so much just... that. I, f- I felt more bad for you because you oh, got really drunk. I did. Um, but so this time we've decided the rule is going to be that everybody has brought a mixed drink. And like upstanding adults, we're going to take sips of our drinks as part of our drinking game Correct. rather than have a whole drink Yeah. in order to pay our penance. Much safer this time, I think, but still fun yeah. and still exciting. So <laughs> listeners who are tuned in live on our Patreon, please do hold us accountable if you hear us say it, if you hear us say that B word, um, because we, we, the panel, missed a couple of instances last time we did this, actually. So we weren't even as drunk as we deserved to be that last time. What drink did y'all bring to the table? I brought rum and coke. I brought a screwdriver. And I didn't make a drink because if I did that, I would still get drunk off my ass. (laughs) So I brought the recently released Coors Seltzer. Yes, Coors now has hard seltzers as well. How are those in comparison to the other seltzers? Well, for starters, 10 calories less than uh, White Claw. So that's Ooh. nice. But you know what? The same fucking flavors. Again, all these hard seltzers okay, do it. the same four flavors. Lime, although Coors has lemon lime, grapefruit, and then two others that I don't like. Mango and something else. Black cherry or something. Um, this one, though, Coors has a little gimmick going on. I don't know how long this is going to last, but for every case that you buy, they like save a river or something like that. It says it on the box and on the bottom of the can. So like you're supposed to feel good going with their hard seltzer over White Claws. <laughs> but yeah, these are okay. They're okay. But at this point, honestly, most of them taste the same to me. I want to... So of course, we are millennials here. We're all very trendy. We're down with what's going on on social media. Did you guys see that Twitter launched Fleets? I yes. did. I think we spoke about this months ago when they originally teased yes. it. And we were like, okay, they're bringing stories to Twitter. 
I was like, you know, that's annoying, but of course they're going to do that. So they they launched fleets over the past week. What drives me crazy about it is that it look it looks exactly like Instagrams. You have the carousel up top, everybody in a little circle. You just swipe left or right to go through the carousel. You know, and of course, it functions just like Facebook stories, Instagram stories, Snapchat stories do. And remember, Snapchat originally had stories. Then Instagram ripped it off. Then Facebook added Instagram's version. And now Twitter has stories. And LinkedIn has stories. Everybody has stories. This has gotten ridiculous, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I highly doubt anybody's actually doing like four different versions of their story every day. Right. You, know? you just got to pick one to go with, I guess. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess. But but that should make you feel better about any FOMO you might feel like you have because you could probably just click on somebody's profile on any one of those and get the exact same content. So. Yeah. But that means yeah. you have to keep tabs on all of the apps for the stories. I have actually used Fleets a couple of times just to look because I feel like I'm missing out on some people's stories. See? I haven't experienced any of these yet. I have no desire to. I feel like my heart is fulfilled by TikTok. Oh, so yeah. That that is where I will stay. They have yet to Watch add stories. TikToks include stories. Yeah, <laughs> you're right, Pam. They that's might. too long form for them, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I just, I don't, I, I really come up with at least make it look different in Twitter. But it was such a blatant ripoff of what you see on Instagram that I was just very disappointed. It should just look like normal tweets in your feed, but they disappear. Yeah. You know, that's there what are I thought no it was original be. ideas anymore. I guess so. No. Doesn't that make you feel good? Like, you, there's nothing to come up with anymore. So why even bother yeah. trying? <laughs> I, mean, it, <laughs> I mean, it takes the pressure off. I did make a poll on Twitter. Will you use Twitter's new fleets feature? 4.5% said, hell yeah. 95.5% said, fuck no. So maybe they'll delete fleets in time. They're going to try it. Of course, we'll see if it works or not, though. See, I like how we're all shitting on it now. And then a year from now, we'll probably be using it. It's already begun. Like, I swear to God, the first day all I saw because I was also lurking was everybody being like, oh, this is so dumb. But now it's been a few days and everybody's using it like people getting into it. More proof that we're all just a mindless herd and we just follow along with whatever they spoon feed us. Yeah, I think I said this on um, when we originally talked about it, but like this is something I could see myself using if I wanted to live tweet something without oh. clogging up the feed. Yeah. So like maybe I'll try that out. I don't know what I would do it with yet, but but I think that I like like yeah, because like nobody, you know, nobody really wants to see like twenty tweets about Game of Thrones, but like there I am doing it anyway. Right. Back when that show was airing, but but something like this would be really easy because anybody that wants to can opt in on that commentary, and then anybody that doesn't doesn't have to see it. That's a good point. Yeah. So what are we all doing for Thanksgiving? I uh, Pat and I are going to be going on a little trip. Like I said, we're going to be off next week, and I'm mostly off from work over the next week, starting Thursday. And I just, it's, it feels like my first break in a really long time. So we're going to take a little trip somewhere. Um, I started reading Obama's book, so I'm hoping to continue continue with that. Also, the Ready Player One sequel comes out this week, which I'm very excited for. So maybe I'll start reading that as well. But I should force myself to finish Obama's book first, because otherwise, I can't. I don't want to juggle two books. It's too much for my peanut brain. Uh, but that's about it. Just trying to relax and Stop. and chill out. How about you two? Uh, well, I too am listening to America's Dad. 
Um, I have the audiobook. I will say, Andrew, I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to the audiobook yet, but as, you know, seasoned podcasting professionals that we are, the audio quality of Obama's audiobook is it leaves a lot to be desired. Wow. I, I don't know if you've had a chance. It I really haven't. sounds to me, you know, he has such he has such a rich, like bassy voice. Yeah. And it just feels like they constricted it. Like huh. he was he was, you know, at the end of his range and they just cut it off <laughs> to try and keep it from being a huge ass file. You can hear it when you listen to it. Put like put on headphones and listen to a clip. You will know exactly what I'm talking about. It's still super enjoyable to listen to, but given how often we have conversations about audio quality, it stuck out at me like a sore thumb and it was really annoying. Wow. Yeah, no, I haven't noticed that. I should That's edit sad. for his next book, volume two. I know. I was like, get somebody who knows what they're doing. <laughs> like it kind of sounded like he was recording on whatever shitty Amazon headset he got. Maybe in his home. Maybe because of quarantine, <laughs> they sent him some rig that just—I don't know. I don't know how they would screw that. I up. was very disappointed, yeah. but I will get over it. Um, because it's America's dad, you know, and and do you like the book? The book is very good. Um, I love hearing about the early days of like one of his first, well, one of his first campaigns early on, where he lost by like thirty points, <laughs> and Michelle was like, "You're never doing this again." Yeah. Um, surprise. Yeah. Michelle was he very did. honest with him in yeah. those years. That took she me was. back a little bit. I mean, he almost bankrupted their family, so I get it. Yeah, we all <laughs> um, make mistakes. Yeah, it's true. It's true. He made up for it. Um, we're So in terms of Thanksgiving, I think I mentioned this last week, but we are doing outdoor Thanksgiving dinner, which should be interesting because the rain forecast has increased substantially. So originally when we looked at this, um, it was like a 10% chance of rain. And now it's up to like 98% chance of rain on Thanksgiving. Wow. Um, but we do have like a big um, sort of like open garage area that you can throw open. And we were like, okay, like if we have to, we can sort of be on the edge of that space. So we have the benefit of being outside as much as possible uh, without like eating and like you know when people eat like you have to imagine now that we know how those like spit molecules fly through the air it's got to be worse when people are eating right probably um yeah so we were like yeah as as long as we can work that out i've also offered to go get an umbrella <laughs> for us to sit under um we'll figure it out um but we are also waiting on my brother's covid results we made him get tested and then we also got a fire pit fun so we're gonna have a, a fire pit outside fun hopefully it doesn't get rained on um but i'm looking forward to it i'm also off starting on thursday and because we're taking breaks from the podcast it means that i have a few days of uninterrupted chill time in which I have no obligations, so it's going to be great. Won't you burn a Trump flag or something in that new fire pit? I burned um, a Trump Funko. Well, it was really fulfilling. I I saw. Um, I my parents kind of live in Trump country. I don't want to die. Oh, here we go again, shutting the blinds, hiding from the <laughs> Trump supporters. <laughs> I don't want. 
Listen, they're crazy. Okay, all right. <laughs> Pam, what are you doing? I just, it's just going to be me and my mom. Uh, we're keeping it super low key. She's still an essential worker, so it it just doesn't make sense for us to really like be in spaces with other people. But we're just going to go visit my grandparents probably early in the morning, and they have a big bay window at their house, so we will do what we have been doing when we visit them, which is stand outside and talk to them oh. um, over the phone, and then we can just like chill there for a bit yeah that's good yeah so we're just trying to be as safe as possible yeah and yeah yeah on my watch list by the way after i finish the crown by the way i'm a big royals fan now but that's a discussion for another time (laughs) um i gotta watch the queen's gambit because netflix tweeted today that it's like one of their biggest shows ever 60 million people i've already watched it or something some insane number it's getting rave reviews New York Times reported today that chess sale chess set sales are through the roof right now because of Queen's Gambit. I want in on this train, but I got to finish the crown first. You watched it, Pam, right? And you you recommended it on the show, so yeah, it was good. And lucky for you, it's a limited series, so once you're done, you're done. Woo! And Netflix is probably kicking themselves for that now since the numbers are so good. Well, but what, there's plenty more stuff to renew. Couldn't they do another season if they really wanted to, or does that? I lead? guess they could maybe figure it out, okay. but Unless I don't the, know. The the lead died. Maybe could, they could be like an anthology series or something. Okay, I thought maybe the lead like chokes on a pawn at the end of the season. Well, spoilers, <laughs> you know, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out why it's a limited series. That's all. So they made it. It's like the crown is technically a limited series, but they just extended the run. So <laughs> you're getting it right on time because there's two more seasons left. Should I ask this corny question? What are we thankful for this year? Our health. Do you want the answer? Our family. I think our, our answer is probably the same. My core Nothing. seltzer. No, oh, I was th- going to say the election results. Oh, yeah, yeah. the election results, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, definitely that. That was a boost. Not any of us yeah. personally getting coronavirus so far. It's, there's still time, there's yeah. but yeah. <laughs> Healthy families. Healthy families. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our listeners, of course. Yes. Yeah. All of you. Y'all yeah. really stepped up this year for us. <laughs> yeah. You really seriously. did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this community is always worth being thankful for. Mm-hmm. I know we say it a lot, and I, you know, it, I, I don't intend for it to sound trite but um you know y'all are the reason we get to do this every week and, and we have so much fun hanging out with you, you. yes yes <laughs> coronavirus is not keeping people from traveling though you guys may have seen a few days ago the cdc told americans don't travel this thanksgiving y'all that's dangerous but this past friday and saturday the tsa did more than two million screenings at airports across the country that's the highest two-day total since mid-march so people are on the go and that makes me very uncomfortable then again 70 million plus people voted for donald trump so are we surprised really no (laughs) no what's gonna happen is people are gonna do their big ass family gatherings and then two weeks later there's gonna be another spike Mm -hmm. and people are gonna be shocked shocked i tell you that this could happen right um and then it'll happen again for christmas it's just gonna be the wave that never ends because people are stupid what does frustrate me about this is when i see people doing this and then at the same time talking about how stupid people are (laughs) with the coronavirus right wasn't your ass just on a plane like right (laughs) well i said this i think in my rage of the week 
You did. People are criticizing Trump's handling of the pandemic and then in the next breath are talking about their upcoming trip with their friends who they don't live with. It's like you're part of the problem. Also, speaking of part of the problem, I just wanted to see if anyone here saw Rudy Giuliani melting on live television one this of the past week. Highlights of oh. my last week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw Twitter starting to go off in real time as it was happening. So I turned on the only channel that was covering the press conference, Fox News. And oh my gosh, it was a beautiful sight. It was hair dye running off his face. He was so hot that the hair dye was apparently melting out of his hair and just running down his face. The New York Times did a report on this and they spoke to uh, hairstylists and hairstylists actually didn't feel like it was hair dye, which leaves you to wonder what the hell was (laughs) melting off of Rudy's A lot of people just like, if they don't have time to dye their hair, they'll just, there's touch up sticks and stuff. So I could see it being something like that. But it just looked, there was something so poetic about it that just made the whole situation look so unhinged. Yeah. Like even more so than it already was. This guy is leading your legal fight. What a joke. The, the left like, doesn't... They couldn't even pay for him to go to a salon. Right. The left doesn't even <laughs> have to try to make fun of people on the right. They do it to themselves time and time again. Yeah. And apparently um, blow their noses and wipe their face that too. with the same napkin. Rudy's a fucking just, joke. just like blew his nose into it and then used the booger side of it to wipe his face. <laughs> it's what true. What is wrong with... Like that's... November wasn't a good month. For him overall, I mean, first you have Borat. Right. And then the election. Right. And now this. And Rex brings up a good point. He says, imagine if that happened at Four Seasons Total Landscaping. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be amazing. (laughs) Well, uh, before I move on to some some news, some exciting news, we are coming up on gift-giving season So why not give the gift of comfortable, washable, and sustainable Rothy's shoes? Find out why Glamour named Rothy's one of the top gift ideas you can't go wrong with, and why Allure's says Rothy's is the eco-conscious gift you'll see on every list. That's because Rothy's makes shoes and accessories out of plastic water bottles. To date, they've transformed nearly 70 million bottles into beautiful shoes. And they are beautiful. Rothy's come in an ever-changing array of colors, prints, and patterns, as well as a range of different styles. I've been rocking my Rothy's flats in the point silhouette for the last couple of years, and they're easily my favorite on-the-go flats for bringing an outfit together. Mine are this lovely plum color with a blue racing stripe, so they add a fun pop of color to whatever I'm wearing that day. The fact that they're machine washable is also chef's kiss. Because let's face it, feet sweat. It's so nice to be able to toss these in the wash and see them come out looking brand spanking new. Check out all the amazing shoes, bags, and masks available right now at rothys.com slash M-I-L-L. That's rothys, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash M-I-L-L. Style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites. Head to rothys.com slash M-I-L-L today. Let's see if our game will rear its ugly head. It's time for Jomentum 2021. (laughs) (laughs) 
like King George from Hamilton. (laughs) (laughs) So this broke just before we started recording. Trump has actually kind of conceded the election because the General Services Administration had Emily Murphy gave the Biden campaign permission to proceed with the transition. This is something she's been holding off from doing for weeks now. It's been very infuriating because Biden needs to be in on national security secrets. Oh, you did it. It, it dropped. It. Oh, I thought you said it. <laughs> no, this thing has this. This yeah. can has been teasing me. I know. Andrew's like, oh, no, I have to drink. I, I've, I've been craving it since I put it down right here. Thank you for catching that. Um, Anyway, so it's important that uh, the government acknowledge that Biden is going to be the next president. So now the transition can officially begin. I think you just did it again. Damn it. (laughs) You're going to have to get another seltzer. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm taking small sips. So, So after Emily released her letter, Trump tweeted... I want to thank Emily for her blah, 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 blah. In the best interest of our country, I am recommending that Emily and her team do what needs to be done with regard to initial protocols and have told my team to do the same. That last part surprised me. This is the closest he's gotten to a concession so far. He says he's still going to fight the election in court, but he is allowing the transition to proceed. It feels like election night again. (laughs) I think it's that he doesn't have a choice. So rather than look like a complete fucking idiot, he's deciding to roll with it and make it seem like it was his idea all along. Yeah, he took you credit. Know, I gave I gave her permission. No, no, you didn't. In Emily's letter, she said, I made the decision independently. Classic yes. Trump <laughs> taking credit for something that somebody else did 10 and, minutes and prior. And yet his... His followership is now going to, you know, call him a gracious king for doing what was best for the country. (laughs) Hillary still hasn't. Right. Exactly. With grace and dignity. It's like, let's just forget that he's literally been trying to sue every state that did not go to him. Yeah. And was hereby proclaiming states. (laughs) I thought he was going to have a temper tantrum after Emily made this announcement, but he hasn't yet. We'll see what happens. But I'm feeling better now because I really thought he was going to... I didn't expect him to flip this quickly. I was expecting a slower transition. I don't know. It's just getting so embarrassing, though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, he doesn't like to lose. So at least if he concedes, he's not technically losing. Yeah. And Pam, I was also thinking, you'll you'll understand this being a, a newswoman. Um, maybe he's just going to admit defeat right before Thanksgiving. Like a holiday news dump, a Friday oh, news dump. Like bury the lead. Right, right, you know, just. Yeah, perhaps, you know, right after he pardons the turkeys, he could just squeeze it in there. <laughs> yeah. Do and you then... think that he's going to name the turkey after himself <laughs> so that he'll be like, well, if I pardon it and it's named after me, I'm kind of pardoning myself. <laughs> that carries over to me, right? With the state of New yeah. York. Oh, yeah, I goodness. think so. I think that'll do the trick. And this news also comes as Trump and Rudy continue to lose case after case. It's just been really embarrassing, like I think, Pam, you just said. Um, But also really good for the left to see because we just see them losing over and over and over. Michigan certified their results today um, or voted to certify. Pennsylvania is probably going to certify this week as well. 
in what happened in Georgia, Laura. Oh, man. Being a Georgian right now is, well, if you're if you're a liberal, being a Georgian right now is very, very sweet. <laughs> so Trump lost Georgia for a second time. Uh, Georgia actually certified its results on Friday, um, which officially declared Uncle Joe as the winner of the election here in Georgia. Um, but, you know, <laughs> Trump, you know, he wasn't content with losing twice. So he's requesting a third recount. Um, so even though Georgia has certified, he can still request a recount because the results were within a 5% or a 0.5% margin. Um, our Republican Secretary of State is kind of like, okay, dude, you, you can, but it's not going to change anything. It's not going to change a margin of 12,000 or so votes. Um, so yeah, we get to watch him lose here a third time, which will be pretty fun. <laughs> I wonder, be some nice elation I wonder to come if back to. they'll cancel that request. Is it too late? But now that Trump is, well, he did say he was still going to fight, so I guess he won't. Yeah, I don't I don't think they'd need to. I mean, this this recount is going to be a scan recount. So the second recount they did was a hand recount where they hand counted every fucking ballot. Mm -hmm. um, this one, they'll just be running everything through um, the scan or the machines, the scanners again, which should actually be more. Uh, more consistent than a hand recount is because it's not subject to human error. But there's also been some other drama in some other states. Andrew, you just mentioned Michigan. I don't know if you were following the Michigan uh, drama last week, specifically in Wayne County, which houses Detroit. Um, so Wayne County is just a very populous area where many of Michigan's votes came in. It was overwhelmingly pro Joe and you know Joe very easily took Wayne County but officials were in a deadlock uh last Monday night over certifying these results so these there were four officials two democrat two republican and this split was right along party lines with the democrats wanting to certify and the republicans saying no they asserted that there were discrepancies with the ballots and given the fact that they weren't asserting this about any other counties in Michigan at this point, but the one that contains Detroit, it's pretty obvious um, the particular voting block that they were going after here. So they're like not even trying to hide that they're racist anymore. Yikes. Um, but what was funny was this lasted a grand total of three hours during which the Wayne County Board of Canvassers got Zoom bombed yeah. and just like verbally assaulted for, for being fucking idiots. Nice. Um, and then the GOP officials caved and voted to certify. Good. Dun, um, dun, and then, dun, dun. I, I feel like I want to come up with a more creative name than just Uncle Joe, but um, Uncle Joe is also naming cabinet members at the moment. Um, we'll go over some of these in the weeks ahead. There is quite a bit that we want to cover today. Um but yeah, some some of the picks look really promising. John Kerry, someone who we would all probably recognize. Yeah, he's back. Janet Yellen, that's a big deal for <laughs> yep. Treasury Secretary. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, several others. Oh, so refreshing to see. Oh my gosh, I know all these people are legit. They're not the antithesis of the department that they're representing. They're not crooked. They're not corrupt. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. 
cup of Joe. You could also call him. He's like a shot oh, of energy. I love that. Yeah. That's cute. <laughs> oh, morning, Joe. Pam just no, shook her shoulders. That guy sucks. <laughs> I, I? I hit her coffee heart with that one. <laughs> you did. But yeah. Is this whole thing is just so embarrassing and. The fact that they're trying this long shot of like trying to push a contested election to the House of Representatives is just so fucking embarrassing. Also, I don't know if you guys saw the SCOTUS blog tweet that went oh, out. Oh, yeah, that was savage. Oh, it was beautiful. Should we find it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they said, Dear at real Donald Trump supporters, SCOTUS is not getting involved. We wish it would. What a case. But unfortunately, that is a fever dream of gaslighting, insular pro-Trump media that collects your attention, energy, and money by deceiving you into seeing hope where none exists. Oh. Yeah. And then you go over to their bio and it says, nonpartisan coverage of the U.S. Supreme Court. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little biased. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That was good. Well, what's something else that can help... Um lower our blood pressure oh, along with all of this great news andrew some cbd oil designed to help you sleep elite md cbd is back to sponsor this week's episode of millennial they make cbd that is specifically designed to help you sleep better at night we've told you many times that cbd has benefited us in a variety of ways i usually take a couple drops in the morning to help me chill during the day and then i take a couple at night before bed and before bed i use elite md cbd if it works for you like it works for me, you'll take it and before long, you will be able to easily fall asleep. Elite MD CBD is doctor developed and recommended. For a short time only, you can try this amazing sleep remedy for 20% off, plus shipping is 100% free. Go to EliteMDCBD.com sleep and be sure to use our special offer code REAL20 at checkout for 20% off plus free shipping. This is a full spectrum tincture of 1000 milligrams of CBD. And that's important. Not many CBD products are doctor developed and include a total of 1000 milligrams of the pure CBD that you need for a great night's sleep. Again, that's EliteMDCBD.com sleep. E-L-I-T-E-M-D-C-B-D dot com and add that slash and then the word sleep. Then use the offer code REAL20 for the extra 20% off and free shipping. Again, REAL20 at EliteMDCBD.com forward slash sleep. Okay, it's time for the Rona Roundup. I'm going to play the effect today because we're in a good mood other than coronavirus. <laughs> Oh, fuck. I'm sad again. Actually, we'll start with a a jolly story. Dr. Fauci says Santa is immune to the coronavirus. That's great. I saw on Twitter that he has Santa bodies. (laughs) That's cute. That's good, though. That is such a dad joke. I'm Mm -hmm. glad he's immune because, honestly, I was worried. Like, I, he's traveling the world. He's going Going in. Going down everyone's chimneys. Yeah. He could be a super spreader. Yeah, that's the thing. Just because he's immune doesn't mean that he can't spread it. Right. Is Mrs. Claus immune? Fauci, give us the answers. (laughs) Yeah. This just confirms for me that um, Dr. Fauci is just like a lovable teddy bear. And I would like very much enjoy having him over for dinner. He just seems delightful. Kids will rest easy knowing that. Santa can't get coronavirus. Just they don't care if he lives or dies. They just want their presence this Christmas. Uh, this week in infections, we have Donald Trump Jr. We have Chuck Grassley. 
that was a big one. He's a like 84 year old U.S. senator. Yeah. And then somebody in Georgia, Laura. Oh, yeah. Kelly Loeffler. She's uh, one of the senators who is running in our special election coming up in January. She it's it's kind of a maybe on her. She initially tested positive and then she took the test again and tested inconclusive. And then she took it a third time and tested negative. So I think we can put her in the maybe column. She's been running around without a mask, having lots of rallies with David Perdue and Trump and Brian Kemp and all these people. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that she could have the Rona. Um, But again, it's like you would think after all this time, they could figure out what the common denominator was here. (laughs) They don't. And I know the right would say to this, oh, they're just not announcing their tests. But have have you noticed that the left, prominent people on the left, are not getting coronavirus? And what's yeah, the difference I mean, there? <laughs> you know, masks and social distancing are not a 100% guarantee, but they cut down on the chances by quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's just evidence as to who is taking science seriously versus who is not. We also got another vaccine update, the third one in as many weeks. AstraZeneca's vaccine is 90% effective, they are reporting. The other two are also more than 90% effective. Yeah. How are y'all feeling about the vaccine this week? I know last week we were feeling a little bit hopeful, but trying to temper our expectations. I mean, these trials are still ongoing, right? So it's all about whether it stays at 90% effective or if it starts dipping, right? I would imagine so. I don't, I mean, I honestly don't know a ton about the testing protocols that happen here, but my assumption is that all of these major companies making these announcements mean that they think they're close right? Because to the end of their trial periods. Yeah. The other thing is that there's talk of vaccines starting to go out by December, so they have to be close, I think. Yeah. And those would be for people, you know, immunocompromised or... Who need um, it most. Es- essential workers. Rich people. You know. Right, right. I'm sure a lot of places are already also just to get prepared, trying to figure out how they're going to distribute them Yeah, like, mm-hmm. as soon as it's available. So, I mean, I know it sucks to keep waiting on um, these companies to get it right, but it also does afford um, counties and states and stuff like that a little bit more time to figure out how they're going to do it in an orderly fashion. And I've read that these vaccines are going to have to be kept extremely cold. So that's a bit of a challenge as well. Some of them are. Um, I don't remember which one, but there was one of these vaccines that was around 90 to 95% effective that did not have the cold storage requirement. Um, But as far as I know, every single one of these is a double dose situation where you have to get a shot and then wait a few weeks and go back and get another shot. Oh, really? Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. The pharmacies are going to be busy as fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like, um, I mean, it's obviously not the same thing, but there are other vaccines that you have to get in a series. Like if you ever got um, the HPV prevention shots, like that was a three series yeah. shot you had to get in order to build up a full immunity. So this is normal. I predict that Six months from now, we're going to be talking about our time in the coronavirus vaccine line and how we waited like 10 hours and got there at 12.01 a.m. It's like midnight oh, it's release be like party. voting. Voting, yeah. yeah. Uh, if they're smart, they'll do it by section. 
What do you mean sections? You know, oh, like, like for, I don't know. I'm just thinking about like zoning now because like my life every fall is wildfires and every like area oh. of the county has a zone. So you're only supposed to evacuate when your zone gets, you know, told to do so. It's like yeah, boarding but... groups on a plane. Exactly. <laughs> Come at so a certain think, time. Fast pass. Yeah. <laughs> I think public health officials do something like this, but instead of it being by like geography, um, it's by risk factor or like risk group. So I was watching Dr. Fauci talk about this and he was talking about how like the first group is going to be, you know, essential healthcare workers and the immunocompromised. And then it sort of goes down the chain depending on how high of a risk factor you are. Um, so I would imagine this panel, we're not going to be <laughs> highest priority for getting it. Yeah. But he did seem to think that it would be widely available to the general public by April. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I've got my fingers crossed for that. I would be very Happy ready Easter. for it. Yeah, he I know. has risen. The vaccine yeah, exactly. has risen. I know. <laughs> he hey, risen. <laughs> you know what? Trump just got the year wrong. You know, he said it was oh. going to be gone by Easter. <laughs> Reopen the churches. <laughs> Let him in. Let him 10 in. 10 out of 10, that's going to be his tweet yeah. if it happens. It'd be fun if they had some extra vaccines next month. Like, they didn't need them for, you know, those who need them most. And, like, they gave them away in, like, game shows or, like, a lottery system or something. Like, oh, my God. That sounds like the Hunger Games. It does. <laughs> like a trivia contest. Trivia HQ can come back in the winter. <laughs> I'm just imagining Stanley Tucci like throwing vials into a crowd being like, fight for your vaccines. <laughs> Welcome to the first annual <laughs> coronavirus vaccine competition. <laughs> Everybody gets dressed up. Big deal. Uh, it's a fucked Fun. up thought. We we get to give away a vaccine, a single vaccine on the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop. I yeah, I think that's too much power. We should not be trusted. Oh, with the that. podcast would become so popular, though. That's what no, I'll do. In in a bad way, we'd be like that fucking douchebag who increased the cost of epipins and oh, insulin. Oh right, yeah, that kind of awful. God. Um. Well, this is Rona related news, but also it's kind of Alora's rage of the week because I'm really angry about this. Um. So this story came out of Vox specifically about Texas County jails, although you could probably find similar trends happening all over the country. Um. Eighty percent of inmates who died of COVID in Texas County jails were in pretrial detention. That means that they were not yet convicted of a crime. These were simply people who were in detention before being convicted of a crime, but were not able to post bail, a.k.a. they were too poor to pay their bail. Wow. So they stayed in jail and they died of COVID, 80% of them. Um, so that includes people who had been approved for parole and were awaiting release, people who were eligible for parole and people who had already served a significant portion of their sentence. This is disgusting. And another example of how being poor is criminalized in this country. The cash bail system, it hurts people in so many different ways. But I feel like this is just another example of how coronavirus has really shown a light on all of the cracks in our fucked up system. And this is just deeply deeply disturbing yeah it i is. mean i feel like you know we hear we hear stories of how you know people 
can go to jail for minor crimes, but as long as they can post their bail, they can leave the next morning, usually. These are just people who didn't have the means to do that. I mean, they were given a death sentence because they were poor. And I just... And then they're given coronavirus. There aren't words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, really because, awful. Because again, like, prisoners get treated as less than people. Mm-hmm. So that... There, there's really not too much to say apart from, like, I'm deeply disgusted and disturbed. And uh, I just wanted to make sure that people knew about it. Like, I just wanted to make sure that people heard the story because it's just so insane to me that, well, I shouldn't say insane. It's so ironic that shit like this happens in, quote, the greatest country in the world. Mm -hmm. Fuck that. Yeah. Well, thank you for bringing attention to that. Thank you. I'm sorry to like bring it down. No, it should be noted. Yeah. I know. I'm actually like, I feel myself physically getting hot right now just talking about it. Yeah. It's so unfair. It's so unfair. (sighs) Speaking of another story that kind of pisses me off, but I'm trying to learn how to deal with it um, without getting super defensive. Huffington Post actually put out... A, an article of recommendations on how to handle people who say that you're being, quote unquote, too safe right now during the pandemic. Um, they spoke with doctors and um, psychologists about the best way to handle these conversations um, and also protect your mental health while not compromising your own values. So I thought this was a little bit reminiscent of conversations we've had about explaining to family members why you might not be coming to visit for the holidays this year. But I know that in one way or another, we've all experienced someone in our personal life who just doesn't get it. And we've talked a lot about how that can be really infuriating. I know for myself, I get like almost tongue-tied and flabbergasted because I'm like, are you fucking stupid? (laughs) Like, that's all I can think of. Um, But I found some of these recommendations to be helpful, and I'm going to try implementing them to maintain my sanity. Um, So this one I feel like was written specifically for me. The first recommendation is to resist the urge to get defensive. If somebody's coming at you and criticizing the way that you're sort of maintaining safety guidelines during this, it can be natural to be defensive about it because they're calling into question, you know, a lifestyle choice you're making, but also your intelligence in a way. Like, right. They're treating you like you're being ridiculous and paranoid and you know they're trying to gaslight you. Yeah. And that you've been fooled by the media. Mm-hmm. Don't believe yeah, what yeah. you hear on television. Right, don't believe the lamestream media. The other day I had somebody blame it on my anxiety, which I thought was a really low blow. Yeah. Um, And I was just like, okay, like, yeah, I understand that I I suffer with that. But, like, even if I didn't, I feel like I would still be just as cautious. You know, I was, like, trying to explain my side. And they were just like, oh, well, like, I guess that makes sense because, like, you know, you have anxiety. No. See, and the people like that are the same people who say shit like, well, stop worrying. I know. On a good year, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Clearly they don't get it. Um, yeah, I found myself in this situation too where like somebody somebody asked me if I'd gotten tested and I was like, uh, you mean recently? And they were just like, oh, at all. And I was like, well, 
the test is like a snapshot. It tells you how you were doing or like what your viral load looked like in that period of time. So like me getting tested at one point during this nine month ordeal doesn't really say much. And I don't know what kind of point you're trying to prove with that. <laughs> and that brings me to the next point, which is don't get into a debate. <laughs> we talked about this on the show before. When it comes to Trump supporters, you're not going to change their mind. Mm-hmm. They've made up their mind. When you think about being defensive, they're being just as defensive about their point of view that they're bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. So getting into a debate, it's it, from my perspective, it's not about saving face for that person. It's about protecting your mental health and not getting down in the mud with somebody who is being willfully ignorant. And this is another reason it's why a waste of your time. I don't want to go home over the holidays because then I would probably get into a debate with somebody or I would be tempted to get into a debate about the coronavirus and and staying safe. And it would just drive me nuts if I went home and I saw an aunt or uncle not taking the proper precautions, especially around the grandparent. And they gave a reminder that I really appreciated. And I I feel like I've heard this in therapy. It, you know, it's easier said than done, but it's okay to put a relationship on pause. You know, I think right now things are so polarized, especially with politics. It's very natural to look at somebody and be like, well, if you're a Trump supporter, I don't really know what common ground we would have. Um, but when it comes to, you know, how informed you are about <laughs> a, a pandemic, it's maybe a little different. And if these are people that are really important in your life, it's okay not to feel like you have to draw such a line in the sand as to say, our relationships over. But just to say, you know what, I'm kind of disconnecting right now because I'm trying to, again, protect myself and my family in the best way that I know how. Um, I've definitely noticed like a couple of friendships with people who aren't taking the pandemic as seriously as I am. They've sort of naturally gotten quiet over the last few months. Nothing bad's happened and no arguments have come up. It's just like, I think we implicitly know there's never going to be an agreement on this topic. So we've just kind of left each other alone. Mm-hmm. That's good. Have y'all noticed this at all? No, not really. I think most people yeah. I know are on the same page as me. So I was just going to say that I, I think that people are still asking in in the hopes that I will be singing a different tune. It, it's just kind of like, no, my I'm still... I'm still chilling the way I've been chilling all year, and I'm happy to keep doing that until, you know, we're more in the clear. Yeah. They also have this point here to understand it's probably not personal. I feel like that's pretty self-explanatory. But this next one, this is another one I'm going to struggle with, to validate the other person's emotions. Yeah, I don't think you and need I'm to do like, that. I, I guess oh, I guess their, like, their point is like maybe your parent really wants you to come home for the holidays or your friend really wants to see you for some particular reason. So I guess it's just understanding that perspective. But they also need to understand your perspective and then you should just net out at agree to disagree, move on. <laughs> yeah, I think it's also really hard for me to trust the judgment of somebody who's being stupid right now. Like, yeah. I'm not going to go out of my way to be a dick to anybody. 
But I know people who are out there living their best lives right right now, like nothing is wrong. And that impacts my trust with that person. Like, I'm not saying that I'll never hang out with them again, but like, I don't know. I'm just saying like, if I ended up in a life or death scenario and I had to phone a friend, I think this pandemic has shown me which people I'm not phoning. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, and then of course they're saying to offer alternatives for socializing. I feel like we all know this. Um, and then the final point: judgment is inevitable. Another great point. I feel like we all learn in therapy. And such is life, too. People yeah. are gonna judge you all the time. Yeah, and you're gonna judge people. Like, right. bear that in mind. You know, as much as. They might judge us for our decision to stay safe. We're definitely judging them for not. So I think that's one of those areas of acceptance. But I will say I'm going to struggle with resisting the urge to get defensive and validating the other person's emotions. (laughs) Yeah. But I'll try. Yeah, try. try. Huffington Post (laughs) says try. So try. Right. I appreciate them, so I will try. And Pam, California's <laughs> locking down again, right? Yeah, Daddy Newsom put us on a timeout, and honestly, like, we should be on one uh, because there have been spikes. So uh, there's a mandatory curfew that went into effect on Saturday for any county that's categorized uh, in the purple tier. So there are counties that have had uh, more of a spike in uh, in cases. Um, it's only going to last a month and it's really honestly not that bad. Uh, basically all non-essential workers and, uh, I'm sorry, all non-essential working gatherings must stop between 10 PM and 5 AM, but you can still do stuff like go to the grocery store or pick up takeout or walk your dog after curfew starts. So I, I don't understand why people are so pressed about this. Um, and yeah, that that's basically it. This does not affect me at all because <laughs> I, I don't go out. <laughs> you know, I yeah. Well, I'm not really out past 10 p.m. anyway. Right, pandemic you know? or not. But does this yeah. does this actually help? Because how many people are out past 10 p.m. during a pandemic? That's what I'm saying. Like, I honestly like like it it doesn't really affect me. So I understand that. But but I think that even before when they were still contemplating this. And uh, Gavin had had floated the idea officials or some experts had said that it wasn't really going to help curve very much. But I guess they're just kind of hoping that people won't get together for Thanksgiving, for example, which is yeah. why they started it. You know, <laughs> well, you can um, go to Thanksgiving, but you got to be back by 10 p.m. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ten oh one is when the virus comes out. to play. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like the boogeyman gets stronger after dark. I'm of the mind now that none of these precautions are actually going to work in the long run. We just have to wait for the vaccine because California can do these curfews. They can they can have a statewide lockdown, a complete total lockdown. But still, people are going to come over from out of state. Assholes like me in Nevada, people to the north, you know, people are going to fly in. Coronavirus is going to continue coming in and out of every state, of every town. It's just impossible to contain unless every person in this country, we shut down the borders and every single person in this country stayed in their home or bought a hamster wheel to move around in. You know what, though? If everyone could just commit to wearing a mask, even if you still had across state travel and things like that and people not paying attention to curfews and whatnot, 
even if you could just get everyone to wear a mask, it would cut down on so much. But don't you feel like most people are wearing masks at this point? No. Really? Well, okay, you're I mean, you're in Georgia. Yeah, so it's different, I was about to but... say I'm from Georgia, son. Like Okay, but like <laughs> definitely are not successful. Out, out here, they've been pretty good. Yeah. But I understand that it's a problem other places. Yeah. Okay, I guess I'm in a bit so. of a bubble, but like still we're having these statewide outbreaks in states where most people are wearing their mask. And you're at this point it seems like you're pretty much forced to wear a mask when you go into any store, at least any big retail chain. Unless I- You know, we actually we were doing a Mugglecast hangout with uh our Mugglecast patrons the other day and Laura Mauro brought up a really good point. Um, Because I asked her, I was like, well, hey, I would imagine New York City would have pretty good mask compliance. But she was like, yes, the compliance is high, but are people actually wearing it correctly is the question. Yeah, that's true. So I think that in a lot of these places, you're probably right that people wearing masks, you know, they, they are doing it. But think about all the dick noses that are out there. Think about all the little babies that are like oh i can't breathe if it's over my so nose many dick like noses i know it drives me insane i've I'm never like, seen well, so many you know dicks. what <laughs> you know what else is gonna make it hard to breathe being on a ventilator shut up <laughs> right um i did also see that la county is shutting down indoor and outdoor dining that second one is pretty significant i did not expect la to do that but they are um, and I think that's another thing that needs to be shut down countrywide. You know, no more bars, no more eating outside of restaurants. That that doesn't help. Yeah, we were talking about that, too. And uh, well, the last time we brought up um, dining in anywhere is that it doesn't really look like sometimes some of these places have the table spaced out correctly anyway. Yeah, right. So it just it feels like a risk. And this is why this nothing is changing until we get this vaccine. Yeah, well, also because states can't get their shit together and figure out how to pay unemployment for all of those service industry workers who would be out of a job if we shut everything down. So their next best case scenario is just to keep everything open and let the virus spread. Yep. And just kind of be in this fucked up holding pattern until we have a vaccine. And cup of Joe, who can maybe get things (laughs) under control. Oh, God, I hope so. Our final sponsor today is Love Book. We have all made a love book here on the show, and we are obsessed with this company because it's clever, it's heartfelt, it's unique, and it's affordable. Love Book lets you completely personalize a physical book for the special person or people in your life. Most customers use a love book to revisit their fondest memories or to list the reasons why they love someone. Love books are completely customizable, though, and people can use them however they like. We've also wondered how dirty these books can get, and uh, they can get dirty. I was looking at Love Book's site the other day. I found the triple X pages. You have to punch in your birth date to, to prove you're old enough to see them. And there are straight up threesome cartoons of, <laughs> for you to pick from on Love Book. I was like, wow, I did not expect this to get borderline pornographic. Um, but obviously, you don't have to use the triple X rated love book cartoons users create characters that look just like themselves and the recipient with all the features that make them unique they can even choose their favorite hairstyles and outfits 
Every page and element of the book can be customized. Start with a template, then go through each page and make your characters and the narrator say and do whatever you want. Add and remove pages to make the love book uniquely yours. This is a wonderful gift because you will floor whoever you're making it for. And what's more, you're going to have a ton of fun making it. This is so much fun to do. Love books are the perfect gift for any occasion, but especially for anniversaries, birthdays, and Christmas, which is coming up. So visit lovebookonline.com slash M-I-L-L to receive a special 20% discount only for our listeners. Again, that's lovebookonline.com slash M-I-L-L. The person you're making this for is going to be blown away. So please do this. It, uh, I can't say enough good things about this because you're getting a real book printed. Lovebookonline.com slash M-I-L-L and make your own threesome today. Pam, what's going on in Hollywood? I wanted to talk about Universal and how they're, you know, slowly working to really try and narrow this theatrical exclusivity window. Uh, We talked about this a couple of times before over the course of the year, because, you know, with the pandemic ongoing and theaters nowhere near closer to opening back up, it's really changing the way that we're consuming new titles if they even come out at all as far as movies go. So they just made some pretty big strides uh, towards the end of this past week. So first and foremost, they struck a deal with Cinemark, which will allow Universal to debut movies via the premium video on demand feature earlier than ever before. So that's the one where you can pay a premium price. It's usually about $20 to watch these titles that would have gone straight to the to the theaters first. Um, so under the new agreement, any Universal movie that earns more than $50 million in opening weekend ticket sales can, can then move over to PVOD after 31 days in theaters. But then all other titles that don't hit that mark can actually start debuting via PVOD in just 17 days, which is huge because if you guys remember, the traditional exclusivity window is anywhere from 75 to 90 days. So this is kind of crazy that you could see a movie that might have tanked at the box office in just like as little as two weeks, right? <laughs> yeah. Trashy movie night. Let's do it. <laughs> they also uh, struck a deal out in Canada with Cineplex, which is their largest movie chain. Uh, and that deal is almost exactly identical to the one with Cinemark. But uh, the AMC deal is a little bit different. Uh, This one actually will allow Universal to release new releases on PVOD after just 17 days in theaters, but they have to split the digital profits with AMC. So obviously, all of this is happening because of the coronavirus pandemic, but it's going to leave a lasting effect on Hollywood and maybe change the way that we consume new content going forward, even after the vaccine comes out. Yeah. I can't believe how badly theaters have studios by the balls. Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? The theaters need the studios more than the other way around. So I just, this is all very pathetic to me that they try to play nice with the theaters. Meanwhile, you know, we touched on this a couple weeks ago, but there's since been an update. Wonder Woman 1984 is going to premiere on HBO Max the same day it comes to theaters. So that's a very big deal. And I do find this agreement interesting, the first one that you highlighted, Pam, that any Universal movie that earns more than $50 million in opening weekend ticket sales can then move over to PVOD after a month in theaters. So it's like, hey, you did great at the box office. You don't need to be... We don't need you in theaters anymore because we've already made a ton of money off of you at the popcorn stand so you can go ahead and debut on apple tv now 
That's interesting. I feel like that's a good yeah. compromise if they have to be held by the balls by these theaters. Right. And realistically, honestly, you know, it's precious real estate inside a movie theater, even if these bigger cineplexes. So if a movie has kind of slowed down in terms of making profit, you don't necessarily want to hog up that space when new movies are coming out every week on a good year. True. So, right. Yeah, I guess... And I mean, I am not as well versed in the entertainment field as you two are, but I just I don't get why the studios want to force people to go sit in movie theaters. Yeah. Like, I just don't get it. it. To Andrew's point, like, I just don't see the connection. I think it's just like a traditional thing, you know, kind of like how we've talked before about how. There's this big controversy right now in terms of award shows and how some people that are involved in the Oscars would prefer that movies that debut in streaming don't, you know, qualify for the bigger awards. And then some people say that that's just like the way the industry is going now. So we should open it up to everybody. It, Hollywood yeah. is very like old school that way in right. terms it's, of some things. It, and I think that even just like when you look at the way that movies are being made, a lot of these movies are still being made with larger screens in mind. So something like Avengers Endgame, you know, you want to see that on the largest screen possible because that's the way that it was made. And surrounded by other people. That's very important too. Yeah, that's true. It's a community event situation. Right. Well, I don't think any of us want community event situations (laughs) right now. It's just, it seems so tone deaf to me. I mean, as you mentioned, Pam, this is the way the industry is going anyway. And then coronavirus, I think, has given it its final push. Like, I'm not saying that movie theaters should never be a thing and they should all just shut down. But it seems like you would do a lot better not to fight the natural ebb and flow of the way society is working right now. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see large movie theaters be built anymore because they are they're not on the way out completely, but less people are going to go to the theater to see things when there's so much available to them at home. So I think they're going to be smaller. They're going to have to continue with these awesome reclining seats and create a good experience in the theater itself. You know, comfortable, uh, great screens, big screens, have a bar in the theater. You know, we see these theaters now where where you get food delivered to you. I haven't done that yet, but that seems pretty cool. They just got to add a lot to the movie going experience to compete with somebody's television at home and honestly like that's where the money is anyway they really don't make too much of a profit off of these um these ticket sales really what what theaters are making their money off of is the concession stands because that's money they don't have to split with anybody else Mm -hmm. so i think that you are so right andrew and that you know these smaller like these art houses are where it's at like the alamo draft houses of the world those are good yeah and there, it's like it's an event still. It's an experience. It's something fun to do with your friends. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I will say, I got um, I got drunk off of the boozy milkshakes at an Alamo Draft House. <laughs> um, and might have had so many of them that I stumbled and like <laughs> fell out of my seat at one point. Um, you know, th- those are the kind of memories we live for. So I understand. Right. I understand the nostalgia. But I'm just like at the expense of a public health crisis. Like, right. It's just there's no yeah, comparison at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, OK, before we wrap up uh, with some recommendations this week, um, we just wanted to say that most importantly of all, 
This episode was sponsored by listeners like you. It means so much to us here at Millennial to have your support because it allows us to make time for the show that we love week to week. And we want to give our latest patrons a shout out. They are Ashley, Dana, Morgan, Madison, Ava, Maria, Danny, and Rachel. Uh, Welcome. And we are so pleased to have you. Yeah, we are thankful for you. For you. (laughs) And if you're interested in supporting the show, there's tons of great bonus content available exclusively at patreon.com slash millennial. We're talking our flagship benefit after dark, the Millennial Variety Show, our Discord where you can chat with us and your fellow patrons, access to our live recording studio every week, and so much more. And even if you're not in a place to part with your hard-earned dollars, you could still support the show by subscribing to us for free on your favorite podcasting app and leaving a review. We know it's been a rough year, and we are so appreciative for your support, financial or otherwise. Again, thankful for all of you. Yes, thank you very much. And one of those benefits, of course, is After Dark. What are we doing in After Dark today? Hmm? So we've got a little bit of a mixed bag. Um, We've got some surprise bitch. We've got some feedback from a previous episode of After Dark. And then I also found some kind of like cringe stories from around the internet about people's cringy Thanksgivings that we're going to share and maybe relate to. So that'll be available at patreon.com slash millennial. When you do pledge, you get a custom RSS feed that you can pop into many podcasting apps so you can listen to the bonus content and ad-free millennial just like you do regular millennial. Time now for recommendations. Following up on our Twitter discussion at the top of the episode, I want to recommend TweetBot. This is a third-party Twitter app, and that's exactly why it's good. There are no ads in it. I don't know how they get around this, but there are no ads in it. It is missing some Twitter features, uh, like you don't see the polls, you don't see the fleets, (laughs) you don't see some of the other uh, Twitter features that have launched in the past couple of years. But the reason I'm recommending it is because it's just a very clean Twitter experience. So if you're just on Twitter for the tweets, check out TweetBot. I think it's like five bucks. It's going to be well worth it. I would like to recommend a beer from a local brewery here, Pontoon Brewing. So if you're in the North Georgia area or um, you somehow have access to beers brewed in Georgia, I would recommend Gingerbread Murder Scene. It is a stout, so a nice dark beer if you're into those. But it has the nicest, like very subtle hint of gingerbread flavor to it. It's not overpowering. Sometimes these sweet dessert-inspired beers are too sweet for me. But this is very subtle. It's really good. You probably only need one. They're definitely stouts. You know, they're a heavier beer. You don't need too much, but um, it's a very pleasant drink. Um, And I wanted to recommend investing in some smart plugs. I just got some of these off of Amazon for Christmas decorating. And it's really great because you can just plug those into the outlet and then plug the lights in there and you can get them to turn off via Alexa if you pair them with Alexa or the Echo Dot if you use that. Or a lot of them have apps as well that they're compatible with. So even if you don't have those uh, techier gadgets, you can just control everything from your phone. And it's really great because especially since it's getting kind of chilly up here in Northern California, that means I will not have to go outside to turn the Christmas lights off. I can just do it straight from my phone. So I'm really excited about that purchase. Smart plugs are the best. You can also set a schedule as well. So they just automatically turn on. Yeah, you can turn them on like... 
even before you get home. So. Yeah, or like you can set the schedule to be uh, come on at sunset or turn mm-hmm. off at sunrise. It'll just automatically figure that out for you. So yeah, great rec. So you got the Amazon ones, it sounded like, or? Um, I got, I think I got the GoSund ones. It was just the top rated one okay. right at the top, but it was a four pack for 24 bucks. So cool. it's pretty good. They, they've got outdoor deal. ones now, which we use for the Christmas yeah, lights, like you yeah. mentioned. Yeah, they are. That's a, that's a great recommendation. Game update. So I think I'm the only one that said the B word. I was drinking this um, even when I wasn't saying the B word because... If you put a grapefruit hard seltzer in front of me, I cannot resist sipping it. It just tempts me too much. So you two did not say no, the Joe word. And I no. think what we learned from this experiment today is that um, President-elect Cup of Joe <laughs> is not going to take up nearly as much free real estate in our minds as the other guy has. Yeah. So that's a good thing. That is a good lesson we learned That's today. That's true. Even though we've talked this politics, anyway, though, because yeah. I don't want it to go to waste. Please do. Oh no, I've been <laughs> I've been having my drink throughout the episode. And you know what? Thinking about Biden less is something to be thankful for. Damn it! Yeah, to Biden. <gasps> oh, I see what you did there. Well done. Mm-hmm. But you also just said it, so I was. Oh, did I? <laughs> uh, I've dead. had like thirty <laughs> sips in the course of the past hour, or so. Oh, Andrew's wasted. <laughs> I haven't had eaten anything since lunch, so it has gone to my head these ninety calories a little bit. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us, millennialshow at gmail dot com, or use the contact form on millennialshow dot com. That's where we also have our confessional and follow us on social media. We are Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and thank. We're Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I almost said thanks book. Because I've got thankfulness on the mind. I'm just so thankful. Thanks book sounds like... What Facebook um, should have been? No, it sounds like a lame <laughs> version. Like, kind of, Remember um, the FML, the Fuck My Life page, and then Emerson made Gives Me Hope? Like, It sounds like that version of Facebook. Yeah, maybe he'll bring Gives Me Hope back <laughs> one Thanksgiving. That'd be a fun seasonal oh, launch. Oh, God. If he ever heard this, he would definitely try to launch thanksbook.com. <laughs> yeah, why didn't? Yeah, that sounds like something he totally would have done. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to today's episode. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Goodbye. Yes. Bye. Bye.